Are we live? Yes. Yeah, it's live now. Welcome, everyone, to the seventh installment of the Guns, Gear, and Beer podcast. It would have been the eighth. We had an amazing uh, episode last year, or uh, not last year, last week. However, um, it disappeared into the sands of time, never to be heard by the public, thanks to some technical difficulties. So we're just doing this one and pretending that didn't happen. Uh, my name is Derek. I am your air quotes host. I'm joined tonight by Chris of Because Operator and Lucas of T-Rex Arms. If you don't know who those two are, you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And for the first time ever, we actually have a sponsor, which is crazy. Today's episode is brought to you by our first sponsor who's crazy enough to actually have their name associated with this. If uh, you need some badass accessories for your AR-15, uh, then head to Southpaw Tactical and use the code MOGUNS, M-O-E-G-U-N-S, and get 10% off, which is awesome. All right, so most of us, well, a few of us are cool enough to actually be preparing for a SHOT Show in Las Vegas next week, which is, for some, very exciting. I'm excited. It's it's the one one time of the year where I get to spend a whole week among my own tribe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here to revel in your in your preparation. Uh, so, uh, but you've you know, been though. Yeah, so I, I've been you, I've been there a couple times. So yeah, so you so you know the shenanigans. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah, this will be this will be my third year. I'm still not entirely sure. I I'm excited for it every year, and then I go, and there's always that one point throughout the week where I ask, "Why am I here?" <laughs> But then, then big, uh, big label brands start handing out free beer, and I remember why I'm there. That yeah, after a couple of those, then you start to forget your woes, right? And then you kind of start forgetting. Uh, Lucas, you said this will be your first year at Shot Show, which is that surprising. Is why? Why haven't what? you gone up until now? Because, let me put it this way: I have been very busy, <laughs> and um, <laughs> you mean you've been so successful. <laughs> whatever you whatever you want to say and uh, the last year for shot show um i basically made the decision that i could do more for the company for the industry for you know whatever just skipping it and working and not trying to take on more than we could already handle because basically yeah. going to a convention or going to shot show means you meet people and if you meet the right people that means deals contracts meeting other people forging alliances, all that good stuff, which is very important for a business. But if you're already swamped, you don't need necessarily those things. And those things can only swamp you even more than you're already swamped. So, and honestly, I could skip this year and it would be fine. But I want to go mainly to see uh, the people I haven't seen in a while, to put faces to names of people that I've already been talking to, but I've never met in person. And to uh, make some deals with some different companies and have a bunch of meetings, but um, T Rex Arms could skip another shot show this year and it would be fine. But uh, I've decided that it will be good to go this year. So, but uh, shot show isn't like a, ne- a necessity. It's not like yeah. must. 
Um, but it can be helpful because networking is key, especially in the gun industry. But if you already have lots of networking, sometimes more can just bog you down. So that's yeah, yeah. That that's that's my favorite part of it is just meeting people and making connections. It's not just the beer, okay? Because you know, for- no, no. <laughs> Sounded like it was just about the beer. Not, of the cast. No, not nearly enough of it to justify the <laughs> cost and time. <laughs> no, it's the people. The people's a lot of fun. Like I said, putting faces to names and meeting people uh, that you follow and people that follow you. That's that's really cool. Yeah. And and getting to fondle exotic guns that you'll never ever be able to own. There you go. Well, <laughs> it depends what kind of guns you're talking about. That's true. Uh, the Dylan Arrow booth. You Don't get to own any of that fun you stuff. You can get those. You can get mini guns. There it is. Get this. There are, there are six transferable mini guns in, in the United States of America. I just learned this this week. One of them is for sale. Whoa. $1,000. <laughs> uh, this yeah. is why you built your business. You need to cash in, sell it, and, and buy that and a few thousand rounds of ammo. Yeah, yeah, which will be burned up in like 20 seconds. But get this. To compare that, $325,000 for a Dylan Arrow minigun, transferable. Any any citizen can own that with a $200 tax stamp. The only M249 saw, also transferable, is $650,000, also up for sale. Mm, so, wow. Yeah. Kind of nuts, isn't it? That is awesome. That's yeah. Great. That is awesome. Now, I only Someone know- will buy it. I only know this because I have a friend who's into all this stuff, and he helps people buy machine guns. So I don't. For, for six hundred thousand, you could, you could like b- build a company and buy a whole lot more, build a whole lot more for a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can make your own saw company and build your own. <laughs> That's crazy. And yeah. and like the the semi-automatic saws, they're really cool to look at. But when I see them, it just it seems so stupid. This giant belt-fed saw that's just pew, 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 one one shot at a time with your trigger, like basically triggering it. Yeah, it just uh, it seems like so much gun for so little payout. That is correct. Unless you can modify it easily to make full auto, but never mind. I didn't say that. Yeah. Bump fire. <laughs> <laughs> Fire saw. <laughs> uh, have you seen those right, those nine so. mil belt fed? Speaking of very cool but kind of useless. Uh, yes, I actually shot one in uh, Vegas, uh, not Vegas, Arizona, a couple months ago. It was weird. It, it's it's very cool. It's very Hollywood, but I can't ever seeing it being used in any real capacity. But that that's just uh, me. Well. There's one. This is going to be weird. And that would be you can carry a lot of ammo on you because it's 9 mil. It's very lightweight, unlike 7.62 or 5.56. You could have enough rounds to pacify angry mobs, and you can carry a lot of it. Zombies. Yeah. It's not necessarily super lethal, like 5.56 or 7.62, <laughs> but. You could fire bursts into crowds over and over and over and over. <laughs> but your honor, uh, uh, the nine mil rounds aren't super lethal. So. <laughs> right. so that's that's the only – and I talked to the company and they agreed with me. That was the only um, justification for a weapon like that would be for like – I don't know what kind of scenario like but where you can carry – Five thousand rounds and nine mil or something, and that's a lot of rounds down range. I mean, you could potentially hit like 5, if you're if you're shot down in Mogadishu, right? 
but it's not super cool. <laughs> so probably not. Not unless I, I want to see a belt fed nine mil with that RIP ammo in it. Then oh my <laughs> goodness, don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started. Their commercials looked so cool, though. It has to be awesome. Why is it they never use ballistic gel? <laughs> <laughs> because it's expensive. Don't ask questions. <laughs> it's true. It's 100 bucks a block, which actually we'll be doing some stuff with uh, later this year for YouTube. So um, we're going to do some awesome um, and some ballistic gel at some point this year for our science division, which we're starting up, which is going to be fun. Ooh, science division. That sounds so awesome. What's it going to be called? I uh, can't say. Oh, it's secret science. This is going to be a really, really sweet acronym. Oh, yes. No. <laughs> I love <laughs> I uh, Do you know who Whiskey24 is, the gear company? I don't think so. No. They're, uh, they, they, they make good gear, but they're, <laughs> they, they don't take themselves too seriously. Their latest product is like a new um, kind of like a Hypalon. Uh, laser cut fabric, but it's okay. called the Whiskey 24, the WTF acronym. <laughs> and <laughs> it's an acronym for some some kind of gear. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, that's right. No, I've, I've, I've seen those. They make little Molly straps or something. Yeah. That. Yeah. I can totally respect a company that doesn't take itself seriously. So, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. There are too <laughs> many companies that take themselves too seriously. That's for sure. T Rex Arms, one of them. Yeah, so seriously. Here it is. The Whiskey 2-4 acronym, Advanced Composite Rugged Optimized Nylon Material. <laughs> wow. That's, that, that's They spent a lot of time on that, but I can totally respect it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, have there been any products that you're just super stoked to get your hand on at SHOT Show, Lucas? Um, there are some that I know of that I can't talk about, which I'm looking forward to see in person and talk to cool. the people who, who are behind them. Um, there's that new Hudson pistol, which I'm hoping will be there. That looks, that looks interesting. It, it does. I, even it's different. Would I carry one? No, because you can't put a light on it, but nah. <laughs> I, I like that it's different. It's yes, it's original. Yes, that's what's cool. Would I carry it? N- n- probably not, unless it's totally awesome that I decide I don't need to identify threats at night. Then I might, you know, carry one. But just blaze away. Yeah. Um. I'm most looking forward to new types of pistol red dots, which I highly doubt Trigicon has worked on more because I think they think that RMR is good enough. I don't think so. Nobody has made the perfect pistol optic yet. Um, no. Maybe that's something I need to do. I don't know. Um, the, uh, new weapon lights. I know Surefire and Streamlight have a new one. Uh, there's some other people that are releasing some new weapon lights, which are good to know. I mean, obviously, we make holsters. We have to know that. Um, yeah. Let's see. What else? Uh, what about try- the uh, the new CMC Glock triggers? Um, yeah, I make my own triggers, so I, I don't care. <laughs> Um, but I'll, yeah, I'll look at that one for sure. Cause people, I'll probably get one because people are always asking like what triggers best. And, um, I've used a lot of them out there, but obviously I haven't used everything, but CMC. Yeah. I'll probably get one. I wish Geisley, if Geisley made, I'll put it this way. Geisley made a Glock trigger. That would probably be in every single one of my guns. And I usually build my own triggers and assemble my own because 
I'm not happy with what's out there. But if the eyes mm-hmm. made a Glock trigger, odds are it would be fully awesome. Because well, ho- hopefully they will with CMC making them. Hopefully they'll they'll get the message and start working on it. Um, maybe. I, I kind of want to ask them, but I know what they're going to say. They're either going to say no, never, or they're going to say we're not going to talk about it. And then that might mean they're going to make one. I don't know. But um, Geisley does, in my opinion, the best rifle triggers. Um, obviously, I've, I've shot a few different triggers out there. I just believe just a few of them is the most durable, most reliable, um, and the performance is there. But I think the most important thing that trigger companies forget the endurability. Most triggers have been made for competition where, yes, you need reliability to finish a stage and win a prize and win $300,000 or $100,000, whatever, but lives aren't at stake. It's completely different when you have lives at stake. Gear has to be made to a completely different level, in my opinion. And uh, uh, I do know of some breaking because I've talked to guys who shoot tens of thousands of rounds and testing. It's a moving part. It's going to break. Right. It will break, but they break far less than cmc's timney's um all the other triggers out there that are, uh, that are made light for competition so i choose guys for all my guns because of that reliability aspect because my rifles are not competition rifles first they're self-defense or defense of others rifles first and then like competition fun range whatever second so if guys made a glock trigger that would probably be completely awesome but I'm holding my breath. They probably won't because they have the rifle market pretty well dominated right now. So. You, you need to just walk up and accuse them. Why haven't you made this yet? <laughs> uh, One of these years, I'm going to do that to everyone with SHOT Show. Just make a list of companies that are, haven't do, done it or are doing it wrong. Just walk up and ask them why. Just go harass them. <laughs> I think I'll get a in the industry that it would be hard to uh, uh, fix. And uh, so I, I think I will go against your advice. Uh, <laughs> no offense and all due respect. Nah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. Geisley is the only one that makes a trigger for the ACR as well. <laughs> Wait, did they actually make a trigger for the ACR? Yep. How much it's is it? Like bucks? Yeah, like three three twenty. Yeah, well, that's because only like ten people bought them. <laughs> I know, because <laughs> they have they probably made them when it first came out, thinking this is going to be great. They just have yeah. a pile of them sitting in the warehouse. Do you have one? The ACR, yeah. Do you have the uh, Geisley in it? No, I don't. The, the stock trigger works on it fine. Hmm. The I don't. I don't. Trigger, um, because there's only like two companies making triggers for scars or three, but the Super Scars trigger, uh, Geisley makes one. Is a really good trigger. Like I'm, I'm really happy with it. And one of my guys is getting a Tavor, and he's going to get the Geisley for that. Um, so I'll be able to play with that. But I felt those; those are pretty good too. But um, yeah, they just do a good job in everything they do. So, yeah. and then their sister company ALG also does good stuff. Yep. Are, are you sure you don't want to buy my ACR, Lucas? I think I think you want to. Uh, you're the second or third person to <laughs> offer me an ACR. <laughs> because you like cool stuff. I do. Wait, is it all multicam? Yes. Well, multicam's too cool for me, so I can't do it. It's too cool. Oh. <laughs> can't, can't do it. He's like, can't, hold on. Can't do it. That's fair. It off. I'll spray paint over it green. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you should. I'm. I'm definitely gonna spray paint my ACR when I get or my ACR, my Mark 18 pistol when I get back from Shot Show. I just, I love, I love the naturally worn look of just a rattle can gun. 
It takes a while unless you shoot a lot. That's the problem. That's why my recent SOP mod, I needed to spruce it up for videos right away. And the problem with owning a lot of guns is you can't shoot them all. Unless you shoot a lot, like every week, you can't shoot everything. That's the problem. So I decided to – I'm sure we all have that problem. You'd be surprised. There are a lot of people that do. And um, But if you if you've – that's why my green gun looks the best is because I ran that gun for two years straight with nothing else to shoot. And so like it got everything. It's had 25,000 yeah. through it. It's only been cleaned three times, I think. Two Four. drops of oil. Yep, drops of oil. That's it. Um, a little bit of spit. A little bit. It's all good. Mm, sure. And uh, – <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but the wear look is just uh, it's it's the best, it really is. It is. It, it be- but it, it's hard to get right. I see a lot of guns that that people do the same thing and they try, but it, it's it's like they try too hard. It it needs to be very yeah lightly and very strategically worn. Yes, I see people that paint it and then they'll just wear out the whole gun evenly over the whole thing. Like oh, it's yeah. The only parts that it's not how it works. is like the grip where you have your finger off the trigger, mag release. Uh, the cheek weld the yeah the cheek weld the mag well because when you when you sh- uh well it depends how you ditch your rifle but when you shoulder your rifle to transition if you turn the rifle inboard that will hit your pouches and your mags and so that gets scratched up the rail gets worn but other parts of the gun are fine because they never touch anything um so but yeah people and then some people who try to cleaner degrease their gun and try to use the fancy spray paint they can so nothing will come off and then finally when one little piece comes off it looks ugly it's either got to be everything or nothing mm, really yeah but whatever it's america people can do what they want with their guns america Nat- natural wear on like rattle can looks the best it you know, does. after after about a year or so just like you know running yeah. it it looks it starts it's, to look really gnarly it's also cheap the problem with Cerakote is you pay two three hundred bucks you've got to wait like four or five weeks depending yeah. on what it is or more um and that's why the first few rifles i did originally i thought about seracoding one of them i was like oh a tan would be really cool i looked at the wait times and I was, i'm impatient so i was like there's no way i'm doing that i'm just gonna spray paint it um and then that rifle turned into my green one which is really nice and i'm gonna paint my scar once i'm bored of it being black are, so. are you gonna paint your uh sop mod block too uh which one i have three <laughs> i hate you so much <laughs> <laughs> any of them i have the this. one with the l can <laughs> oh that you know i'm gonna paint the lower the upper receiver and what color is the stock the stock's tan and the stock but the rail I might leave brown. I don't keep it that sexy Daniel Defense brown. It really is a nice color. It 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 is. is. And I've considered painting like the rest of the gun brown because it'll wear out and show black underneath. And then Mm -hmm. the rail's brown. I don't know yet. And then the L can is a really pink color. L cans are all. I noticed that. I noticed that it was. It it reminded me of that gold some of the ACOGs used to be. It's not, it's not so much pink. It's more bronze, like steampunk bronze. Um, I wish it was dark. Yeah. Steampunk. Glue some gears onto the side of it. I should. I really should. The L-Can, <laughs> I was shooting with it today a little bit because I had to re-zero it and play with it. And it's a cool optic, but in terms of speed, I think I'm with mm, yeah. RMR. Uh, no, nah, it, it, it's more of a battle, a battle scope. From the few times I've used it, I mean, it's very cool and it's very clear, but it's, yeah, it's, it's not super I, fast. 
I've owned two because Canada and uh, because Canada actually three sorry three specters and uh, one so I had a one to four uh, one to six then I went back to a one to four and wait I wait, wait, up... wait they make a one to six yeah they yeah. make a one to six. they make it in five five uh, six and a three oh eight reticle yeah, yeah. And it was a really nice optic uh, didn't add that much weight over the uh, over the one to four since you're already up over like. 20 ounces at that point um but i ended up you know i ended up uh dropping them out because again weight and uh just speed just getting behind that that optic um i went to a t2 like back to an aim point yeah and it's it's just been like the most reliable site i've had not saying the l cans aren't reliable it's just i could not right uh, justify that that optic on that on that rifle do you get them cheaper in Canada since that's where they originate from compared to? Uh, yeah, we do just because of our dollar and uh, U.S. has. Uh, I can't remember the company, but you guys have like a a U.S. distribute uh, distributor that we work with, uh, Armatech or I think it's Armatech or something like that, and they yeah, handle. Well, yeah, they handle like all the U.S. Uh, distribution. Gotcha. But, yeah, um, yeah, they're right in our backyard. Oh. They're good guys. The one to five to six is three grand, so it's a little yep. more than the regular one. Yeah. The military SU two thirty, which is the one I have, which has the military reticle, yep. not the circle engagement area, which is fatter. Um, yep. Those go for about twenty eight hundred as well. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. how much do the fixed reticle ones go for? The I think those, solid four X. I think those are only like fourteen hundred. Yeah, uh, they're, they're a lot okay. cheaper. About the price but, of a, a good ACOG. Yeah, but ACOGs are lighter, so I like mm -hmm. the ACOG more. And the other thing about here's the problem with the LCAN that I've found: the eye relief and the eye shadow is less forgiving than an ACOG. So if your head is a little to the left, a little to the right, you come down too low, you'll have a lot of shadow. Uh, whereas the ACOG is not as uh, unforgiving, which is a big deal to me because if I'm shooting around a barricade, I'm shooting under a barricade, I'm you know doing something weird, um, you know that that eye shadow can be a problem. So, yeah. but it's it's a fun optic to play with. I I got it just to play with it, and if I don't like it, I'll sell it because I don't. It'll retain its value. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. You know? The only downside to expensive optics is while they can retain their value, they can be hard to resell, especially quickly. Yes, very but specific buyer. Like White Foster's PDS 15s, those might be hard to sell. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll give you tree fifty. Uh, <laughs> there you go. You got your first buyer. Thousand dollars done. <laughs> how are you? Uh, speaking of which, how are you enjoying your uh, white phosphor cubes there? So, white phosphorus. Here's the main advantage. I know people talk about the clarity, the detail, and all that stuff, and that is all very good and true. However, my PBS 15s are actually about the same quality as my Sentinels, in terms yeah. of. Um, but the big thing is the uh, the stress they put on your eyes and green. Once you've been under green for a couple hours, you don't really notice it. But being under white is a big difference. It's transitioning from white to natural white. Um, so flipping your nods up versus going green, flipping nods up, running around in normal white, flipping them back down, more stressful on the eyes. It does for me. And I've talked to other guys who said the same thing. Um, but uh, the, I will say the best nods I've ever used, probably the best nods I will ever use in the next couple of years, are PBS 31s and white phosphorus. Um, those, at least the ones I used on base, those 
that's what I want to get. Yeah, uh, they're by far the best MVGs I've ever. Yeah, and they've, they've I've got had good. 15 Sentinels and. You know, do you have I, 31s? What do you have? Yeah, I got, I got a pair of 31s with uh, white phosphate tubes. Are they are they made in Canada or something? Because you get all kinds no. of cool stuff up no, there. They're, they're, it's it's L3, but L3 has global distribution to all NATO friendly countries. So yeah, even now, like in the U.S., I mean, uh, Unity Unity Tactical picked up a pair of 31s commercially, and I'm pretty sure that. L3 or TMVC. I don't know who's going to break the news, but uh, somebody's probably going to come out and say, hey, uh, we're now commercially selling these officially and TMVC has the exclusive on them. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened this year. Yeah, that would be awesome. They only just got taken off the restricted list uh, very, very recently. Um, yeah, but there's still, still like a 10 month wait to get a pair. I was I was told by somebody. So, yeah, yeah because yeah. basically they're issuing them to all the SOCOM people and they're trying. Oh, hello. Uh, did we lose him? Yeah, I, I was I was hearing a bit of like latency there. I think we might have lost Luke. Bummer. He'll be back. Yeah. Um, you're still rocking the rocking the mono for now, right? Yep, for now, for a while at least. I have some. I mean, it's a huge upgrade over my Gen ones I had last year. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> it, it's a whole other planet, and I'm I'm still uh still impressed with those. I haven't moved on to the part where I'm bored with those yet. Yeah, need something crazier. Absolutely, Luke. I think we lost you there a minute. If you're back, I just saw. Um... Yeah, no. What I, basically what I was saying is the reason there's a wait time is they're they're trying to issue them to all the units, and there's so much yeah. uh, so many guys wanting them, and they can only make so many. Mm-hmm. So I'm not getting mine till end of next year. So, but that's and the reason the big reason they're good is they're lightweight. I know they've got good clarity. They're obviously white. At least you can get greens or whites. Mm-hmm. But. The best thing is they're lightweight, so you can move very fast. You can move your head a lot faster. Um, yeah. And to me, that's important because when I'm under nods, I try not to do things slower than – like a lot of people, they put on nods, and they just – they force themselves to go. Yep, everything slows down. Yeah, they go yeah. down to a crawl. Yeah, and I'm like, no, I want to be just as fast with nods as I am in the day. And mm-hmm. doing certain shooting drills, I am. Um, obviously, running around – doing certain things no because you're on peripheral vision but um so that's the big thing about 31s is they're light and the uh, the pvs 15s i have they're pretty heavy the sentinels i have are pretty heavy um but uh the 31s i got pretty spoiled the couple nights that i've used those and uh i immediately after using them i immediately started talking to some people about getting some so um, yeah one of my buddies when he first showed them to me um i wasn't you know, I, I, I saw him at first uh, and I wasn't completely convinced and then I got behind a pair and it was basically like a holy shit moment. Um, How much lighter yeah. are they than uh, PBS 15 no, or Sentinels? Noticeably different. Uh, like, I think it's a 14 ounce. Yeah, without like, a battery. Wow. Like maybe uh, less weight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, like it feels like you have a mon uh, a PBS fourteen in your hand when you're holding them, yeah. When they're on your face. You know, I don't even need a counterweight with them. So, yeah, 
they're and that's the big that's the main advantage in my opinion and when you swivel them out of the way they swivel more than pbs 15 so you can get them yeah, higher yeah. uh closer to your helmet than yeah you can put them in that low stove configuration just up yep. above your eyebrows you shoot under your nods it's nice well it looks like the the pbs 15 was designed not or wasn't designed to do the low still like the 31s was no, more. No. I still run it that way, yeah. right? I mean, that's a yeah, I see. guys are taught to shoot under their nods like that. Redback one uh, teaches that a lot, Jason teaches that a lot, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's be, somebody mentioned to me that that's been like uh, an SOP since uh, since like 05 or 03. Yeah, but here's here's the fun thing with new nods. Um, they auto gate well enough that unless you're like even if you're in a lit house and yeah. lights come on and you gotta punch your pistol out and start going to going to town, um, you don't need necessarily to lift your head up. Like you can no. still shoot through your nods because they auto gate well enough. So yeah. and I can shoot fast. Like faster than trying to look under my nods because then I don't can't see as much really. Um, yeah. in some ways. So I think it's more situation dependent, and the technology is changing enough that SOPs may need to change in the future. Um, because, like, if you can see through them, then why look above them? You know, if yeah. they are well enough. So it just it depends on the technology, really. Yeah, I found like everything about them is uh, slimmer too. Like, especially compared to my 15s, where you know you you do have these individual pods, but the eyepieces were quite big. Uh, 31 eyepieces uh, are, you know, a lot smaller. And when they're in front of me, it's like, you know, I can kind of look in between the pods or around them to see my target in a lit room uh, yep. or in a lit environment, even when they're down, which uh, which works a lot better than some other knots. Hey, question for you, because operator, when you're doing... Uh, airsoft type activities with nods what do you do to protect your tube uh so a couple couple different things you can do um well 31s have actually a built-in uh sack lens on the front of them on the front of the assembly which i was uh i was very interested to learn that and uh you can uh, you know take that out and, and replace it so i mean you could do that and it'll it'll take bb hits maybe not simunition hits um right so for that type of work uh i i started looking up like what other guys were doing at like dark um or uh, or even what uh redback one was doing and they use butler creek covers uh, yep. and then they'll put, you know, polycarbonate in them. Um, they'll even wrap their nods in, uh, I think it's like some sort of rhino skin stuff, <laughs> to, huh. if, especially if they're using like wax rounds, um, so that right. nothing gets busted up. But, uh, actually for, you know, I, at first I was like, okay, well, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go airsofting with these, um, I hope they I hope they do okay and apparently they have a uh, they're made out of fiberglass uh, the material on the housing is all fiberglass now uh, so it's no longer that it's no longer like I don't know what they were using before like a lightweight ABS polymer or something like that uh, but it's less prone to cracking right uh, from a BB strike so as far as housing goes uh, you know I generally wouldn't even worry about it I you know I I CQB 
in airsoft quite a bit with my 15s and I never had any issues. And, you know, I'd get come around a corner and you just get lit up some guy who's already shooting and you just take all those rounds to the face, your nods, everything. And they stood up to it. So, you know, I think anything that's ruggedized for mill use should be fine in the uh, airsoft arena. What about some force? A sacrificial lens should be good enough to protect the front, right? Yeah, if it's glass and it takes a strike, it's going to do its job and it's going to break. Um, if it's if it's made out of a polycarbonate material, which some of them are from Wilcox Industries, or uh, I think somebody mentioned to me that the 31s were made out of um, a ceramic, like they have their own ceramic uh, that they use for the for the window. I haven't uh-huh. tested the the strength of it. But some of the L3 reps that I talked to, and the uh, and some of the EOTech uh, guys, they they said that it should be okay. You know, they can't they can't say yeah for sure it's going to be doing. But they said they've they've taken a lot more abuse than uh, somebody shooting the front of it with an airsoft gun. Yeah. So, um, cool. Yeah, I tend not to worry about. I, I put some Butler Creek uh, caps on the front, some custom ones. You know, stick some polycarbonate in the front, and then you're usually good to go so what i have on my 15s are the focus group uh little focus the hoplite thingy yeah the hoplites and yeah those are great those are those basically have a sacrificial lens um to go with them which is cool and i think that would be good enough now for yeah for utms and stuff maybe um yeah but you know it's 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 hard to say. I mean, um, those rounds can those rounds can do a considerable amount of damage, right? Especially oh yeah at at you know five feet or zero feet, and depending on what you're doing yeah. in the training, uh, yeah, some guys have completely armored up their nods for that, like the the housing of the nod because uh, they were wow. doing some pretty rough stuff um, during the training. Uh, that's kind of, it's almost like a message that I'd send over to, uh, Jason or, uh, just, just poke the dark guys and be like, Hey, what do you, what do you use to protect it? But I, I see a lot of them using, uh, Hoplite or their own or Butler Creek or, or some, you know, something like that. Yeah. Some of these guys might just be going, well, the chance of it getting hit is so small. I'm just going to risk it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, you know, that's the funny thing, though. Like, in those force-on-force uh, force uh, scenarios, if you're playing guys who play Op 4 and guys who are the, you know, uh, sheriff's department or wh- whoever is going in there for that training, I mean, you're going to get shot. And, and the Op 4 guys are going to get shot, and everybody's going to be hurting at the end of that. Otherwise, you're not learning anything, right? Um and I, I see guys that come out of those and they're just head to toe. They've been laced like every bit of gear is being shot up. And uh, it's just part of it. Right. right. Learn there instead of in, uh, you know, pain is an excellent world. incentive not to get shot. Do you guys? Yeah. Do you guys have a lot of uh, UTM sim stuff with departments up where you're at in Canada? Uh yeah, we do. Uh, they they do sim training uh, quite a bit in Ontario. I don't know so much about other provinces, but we have a lot of um, we have a lot of places up uh, up north from from Toronto area where uh, our Canadian Special Ops Regiment will will do that kind of training, or even 
even just infantry units uh, will train. Yep. And uh, yeah, they use the uh, uh, simunition uh, wax rounds uh, with converted uppers. Uh, there's a couple different companies that provide it. Some of them have switched over to airsoft uh, because it's it's uh, fairly inexpensive. To yeah. Do that kind of. Training. Yeah. Provided the the guys are disciplined in how they you know treat hits and stuff. Yes. Airsoft works just fine. I mean, but yeah, it's hard. Yeah. You have to be more disciplined at airsoft compared to sims and UTMs. Yeah. Um, sims are my favorite. UTMs are cool, but. Typically, you if you're doing stuff up close, you need to wear more protective gear. And mm-hmm. that was, um, which is why I prefer Sims because you don't need anything but you know uh, stuff to protect your eyeballs. Yeah. Um, but UTMs is a lot of fun. You shoot further. Um, I've done nods with you. Oh, and UT- UTMs only require a bolt conversion. They don't require a full barrel like Tip- Sims, don't they? It, it depends yes. what. Yeah, um, you can get rifle uppers uh, as UTMs or pistol slides. Usually, you still have to do a Glock slide. Um, but yeah, Sims, you either get a full Glock, which uh, they're like $500, same price as a gun. Um, and then you can get, you can actually find Sim uppers on like Arms List and Gun Broker really easily, like $500 Colt uh, Sim uppers. And that will go straight onto a lower. Um, finding ammo is a little hard harder because typically you've got to go through a, a dealer and you've got to prove that you need the ammo um so you have to be an agency but utms uh i think utms are in some ways easier to get commercially than sims but um it's expensive most people can't afford oh. it their personal yeah. training that's for sure speaking of expensive someone in the chat said he found the next uh, company vehicle for t-rex arms it is a retired oh. huey helicopter for only five hundred thousand. That's not bad. I I think that needs to happen. It's it's cheaper than uh, a two forty, a civilian legal two forty nine. So just get one of those, put your logo on the side of it. Business expense, boom. (laughs) Well, I want a little bird. I think those are cheaper. I think not counting maintenance. Little birds are cooler. They're more high speed. Indeed, they're more operator. I actually ride a little bird to work already, so I'm happy. That's why I have that retainer thing on my war belt that everybody always asks me about. Safety line. That's awesome. I always tell them I ride a little bird to work. Nobody's ever, uh, <laughs> Nobody questions it because they see all your guns and stuff. They're like, yeah, that makes sense. You get picked <laughs> up from your cab- secluded cabin in the woods and you go to your private range and holster facility. Yeah, I mean that math completely right. checks out. So yeah, I would never, I would never question that personally. I mean, he's famous on Instagram, so he must be rich. That's that's how the logic goes, right? That's how it works. Yeah, because you have to have money to buy followers. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> yeah, I have eighty thousand followers, but my pictures only get twelve likes. <laughs> legit hey. page, legit. You got buy. You have to buy likes every post to keep up with the uh, the facade. That's the uh, problem. That's why <laughs> you, just, you just keep digging the hole deeper. My poor bank account. I'm already in debt. Ah, damn Instagram. Until eventually, you'll be taking selfies in a cardboard box for all your fake yeah. followers to see. That's and right. And that's when you get the followers. You know, it'll start <laughs> trending. Cardboard box life. Yeah. <laughs> So Lucas, are you going to get that uh, Silencer Co. pistol when it comes out? Um, it's going to be about two grand, I think. Um, that's all. Are I you going to make holsters for it? So I talked to Silencer Co. about that last year, and um, 
they basically said, we're making our own, so we're not that interested in having anybody make holsters for it. Now it's kind of like, all right, well, that's fine, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's going to be about two grand, I think. And even that's a lot of money for a pistol. And um, it's you just get a Glock and a normal can for less. Right. So I will get one if there is a obvious business like requirement or need. But I don't see a lot of need in having one or getting one. Um, would it be fun to play with for YouTube? Yeah, but I can probably find someone who has one and use theirs. Um, yeah. But cause and you I can't, can't put a light on it. What? And you can't put a light on it. Nope. And I talked to them about RMRs when I was talking to them last year and said, hey, well, you need a way to put optics on here because this is like the perfect pistol for optics. They said, yeah, we're going to have something um, somewhere on the gun. And I was like, all right, good. But I don't know if that little slot is RMR specific or if it's universal and you can swap out plates. I think it's a swappable plate system so you can run different optics. But um, we'll see what they do. It looks interesting, but you know, I see it being. It's original. Yeah, I see it being useful as a like a home defense gun, like a bedside table gun, but concealed yeah. carry. No, probably not. Um, but yeah, if you could put a light on it, it'd be a great home defense. I mean, I'm thinking take care of business and not blow your eardrums out. Someone on my Instagram after I posted it today was saying, "What about an X300 with a regular like rifle pressure pad on the side?" And I kind of thought, "Hmm, that actually would." work on a pistol this big um basically just gluing the pressure pad to the side of the gun but you know whatever yeah that could work that would be cool i my favorite i like the uh the prototype that they revealed last year that was built off of an m&p that one looked cool the maxim or the the light the the maxim sorry How, how much has it changed since then? I can't even remember. It, it's its own pistol now. Like, everything is unique. The, when the original came out, it was a Frankenstein M&P. Right. And now and they, it's an, it's an animal zone. So they had to switch it. Yes. Smith & Wesson started suing everyone who was touching their guns. Yep. Pretty much. So, yeah, fun stuff. Which I thought that was that was a great business decision. Speaking well, of M&P. It's what happens when you have a CEO who's anti-gun, but never mind. I won't say anything. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot of the really big companies. <laughs> yeah, I know. Especially, well, when they go public, then then they're toast. Yeah. And that's why T-Rex, people ask, hey, is T-Rex ever going to go public so we can buy shares? I'm like, no, T-Rex will never, ever be public. As long as I'm. If- no. Because of that. Can I buy shares? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you got to play with the M&P 2.0 at all yet? Um, I have not. Um, it looks cool, but it looks still an M&P, so, yeah, I, you know. I, like, there's, like, the external safety, which I wasn't that thrilled about, and, like, the little notches on the lower frame. Outside of that, I couldn't, it, it, it looks the same. They said they've improved the trigger, which I hopefully... Hopefully they have because the stock trigger on an MP is garbage. Once you replace it, awesome gun. Stock trigger garbage. Yeah, I will say though the stock trigger it's not great, but it does have a crisp break, and that's important. Like you can't accurately shoot out to 100 yards with it, but shooting fast that's well that's where it gets a little different. But um, or if it's hot and dusty, and then it'll just stop working. Yeah. So yeah, the MP 2.0 I, I like it because it shows that they're trying to improve it, which is good. I hope they've also worked on the barrel because MPs are not the most accurate gun. No. 
the apex barrel is cool because it fixes that problem um but we'll see i mean i'll if i go to smith and west i'll look at it but i'm probably not yeah i won right isn't that like all of the pistol industry right now like it's good if you replace this this and this well will it kill someone yeah but yeah Unless you but, buy a 1911, but, but I feel like it like hasn't caught up to the to the AR-15 or the rifle entry because there are AR-15s out there that like out of the box it's ready to rock and roll. Yes, there are things you can improve, but it's yeah. for the most part it's it's ready to go. For the, most pistols aren't there yet. Well, it's because here's one reason: pistols generally, if it if if a company's making a pistol to be used by a lot of people, it's got to be cheap. So. Yep. That's why Glocks are only five hundred and fifty or six hundred dollars. I mean, that's not a lot You're of money a, for a pistol. appealing to a mass market, right? So you can't, you know, have a red dot on already. You can't have a super awesome trigger. You can't have, you know, but why not? Because then it'll cost two grand, <laughs> like a salient gun. <laughs> no comment there. No comment. Uh, Lucas, someone in the chat wants to know if you can dual wield pistols. I already know your answer to this. No, oh, I think we, uh, I think we lost him. Oh, again. Temporarily. Yep. Oh, Andy's back. Don't tell <laughs> no him. Comments, right. <laughs> it keeps crashing for me. That's all right. So... Uh, Chris, what is uh, what would you say is your least favorite part about Shot Show? Um, you know, you said it before, and it was kind of the walking part. Yeah, uh, it's bring um, good shoes. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, after a while in Vegas, and I mean, I don't dislike Vegas. Vegas is pretty awesome, but after a week in Vegas, I feel like um, I've been living in a shopping mall. <laughs> Yes. Except a shopping mall where you can't actually buy anything. Right, right. And, you know, it's also like you go to walk down the street and, or you go to walk. The homeless people trying to eat you. Well, that, and you got those dudes that are like, girls, 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 here, have some cards. Uh, You know, and there's only so many of those you can collect before you can't carry anymore. Um, Do do you collect them like Pokemon cards? Do you have a big book? We, we did. You flick through? We did. Yeah, yeah, we did. I mean, we just kept taking them, right? It's like your hand in this stuff. It was great because, you know, by by Wednesday or by Thursday, it was funny because we came out of Sands and we were seeing this exec. And I think, you know, I think it was like it was either a, a guy from ITT or, or one of the one of the major contractors. And he was on his phone. He's having a super serious conversation. He's arguing uh, about about something and the guys are flipping the girls cards and he's just taking them all because he's still in that <laughs> mode of I'm going through shot show and I'm taking everybody's business cards and we're watching him. We're just walking behind this dude. He's taken every single card. He gets to the end of like, you know, his walk through the strip. He hangs up the phone, looks at his hands and he's got this whole deck of, of these cards and he's like, what the hell? And he just throws them on the ground, right? He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> You know, he, he was in another world, right? Uh, so yeah, there's there's certain parts of uh, of Shot Show that are uh, are kind of meh, but uh, yeah. you know, the, the other stuff makes up for it. Uh, there's so many, yeah. there's so much cool stuff about it that um, you know, you, you keep coming back. I mean, you've been there three times, so I, I mean, 
Shoot, I don't even need to sell that to you. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. You have to know. You have to have a battle plan for the most part. You have to come into it knowing why you're there. Yeah, and what you're going to go for. I think that's why a lot of people get burned out. Is that they 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 come just to come, or they come because it's expected of the industry. If you're yeah. anyone who's anyone goes to shot show. Yeah, and and, I, and then yeah, it, it can get old. Scheduling of meetings and stuff like that too was always. Um, it, it was like a torrent because you you'd go there you'd have this schedule and then three or four interviews or meetings in it falls apart because somebody else's schedule didn't work out and you go to the next booth uh and you're like okay you know we're here to talk to whomever or film this or whatever and uh he's out to lunch or he's on a business call or you know she can't do the interview right now you got to come back and there's a lot of that um so that ends up happening constantly uh and i learned just go with the flow and like don't you know don't get super stressed about that stuff just like go and try no, to have no, it. no 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 plan survives first enemy contact you have to be able to yeah, be adaptive yeah. <laughs> that's it i ended up like my my last shot show trips i literally turned it from a week down to two and a half days and uh, it was basically go to media day see some of the newest stuff you want to to film or document or look at uh talk to whomever one day at the show um and prioritize like who you're there to see and make those specific meetings happen make sure that they happen and then uh and then relax and go home Right. And uh, and that has been kind of my that's my shot show experience now, uh, unless there's a party or something to hit and they, you know, go to that. But uh, don't I don't try to do the whole week anymore. It's it's just too, too insane. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think most people could for, for the reasons they need to go could probably condense it down to two or three days. Yeah. There's yeah. there's just a, per, a perception that you need to be there the whole week yeah. by friday everyone's dragging yeah especially the poor people that work at booths they've been there well over a week at that point yeah yeah coming from like being you know going to these things to talk with exhibitor as uh, exhibitors and then being an exhibitor at at an expo and just like a weekend long one i i totally get it now like i've you know been on both sides and i see how um by the end of the show you're dead like five Friday rolls around and you're like, I just want this show to end. You're just sitting on a stool going, come on, let me go home. I'm done with this. You know, how many interviews do I have today? When your last interview is done, you like celebrate. <laughs> That's when you go looking for people yeah, walking like, around yes. with the cups. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'm done. Yeah. Um, I'm done. But I mean, it, I think it's different. You know, if you're there, I was talking to some other guys about it. It's totally different if you're there and it's like, this is your business. This is your uh, livelihood. Um, you obviously are there to, you know, it's like, I'm not here just to have fun. I'm here for 100%, you know, 90% business. And I'm here to I'm here to make sure that these connections are made, uh, that these meetings take place. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that I can totally understand it from... Uh, it's different for you and Lucas than it is for me, for sure. Uh, going to shot show, different mindsets, I think. Uh, you guys go there; it's your, it's part of your livelihood. <laughs> for me, it's just a hobby. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I can definitely. I can definitely get that. It's a fun hobby, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, fully enjoy it. Well, and, and the parties, I think, I think the parties get hyped up too much because from someone looking on the outside, you see pictures of the really cool booths and then you see pe- people at crazy parties. But I think if you go prioritizing parties you're you're gonna have a good time or not gonna have a good time yeah part because i mean it, it's where the deals get made no i'm just kidding no it's don't it, it's <laughs> that's what i thought the first time first year i'm like okay we're gonna like work at the show and then afterwards some guys go get some drinks and we'll continue working but what i yeah. realized is it's okay the show's over let's get smashed in the club and i'm yeah. like ah no yeah I'm not making any money here, and drinks are ten dollars a piece. Yeah. yeah. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you gamble at all, Derek? When you go to when you go to Vegas? Uh, last year, I did for the first time. I usually don't, but I'm like, eh, I'll I'll stick with twenty dollars, and I built it up to like one hundred and fifty dollars, and I lost it down to that twenty. I'm like, okay, gambling's fun. <laughs> the end. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I walked to the table with twenty dollars and I left with twenty dollars and I felt pretty good about that. That's good. That is <laughs> I, I don't get the slot machines. I really don't. Like, hey, let let's go sit and because people are lazy. I, like, it's, it's so mindless. Like, it's more mindless than Candy Crush or Clash of Clans or any of that other garbage. It's you press the button and there's blinky lights that tells you if you win money or lose money. <laughs> Wait, is this? Gambling Clash of Clans because I could actually put that. <laughs> it's kind of like that. That that would be an actual game. I wouldn't be. You know, there probably is a Clash of Clans uh, uh, slot machine in there somewhere. There, there was Counter Strike Lotto before it got shut down for being illegal gambling. That yeah. I want to gamble. Oh, there he is. I I Rob. <laughs> yeah, what's up? <laughs> I think uh, Lucas is still ha- Lucas is having this ongoing battling uh, with his internet right now, so he's uh, he's in and out. And he's back. Yeah, he, he back. just disappeared. Probably because I showed up. Oh God, you're loud. What I'm loud? Yes. You're you're really? good here. You're good there. Maybe it's just me. Yeah. Why don't you turn totally, your shit down? It's totally just you. <laughs> just me. <laughs> 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 Luke, are you uh, are you here? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, There was a question actually that uh, they were asking in the chat, and I think we missed it because you got disconnected. uh, Is it the F16? No, people want uh, you to buy an F16. People think you are just loaded, Lucas. (laughs) (laughs) That's so stupid. (laughs) I think it was the the dual wield question. Uh, Yes, Lucas, can you dual wield? I can neither confirm nor deny. I love that video you posted, Lucas, where you were drawing and shooting from the hip with the with the silence glove. <laughs> <laughs> but and you're rotating like a turret to each of the dummies. <laughs> no, I'm a Terminator. I have to do that. It was awesome. <laughs> I want to see someone run an entire course or comp doing that. Uh, well, that that might happen. Um. Dual wield. I actually have done very little. Um, I'd like to because you can't aim and you can't reload. Well, actually, you can, but never mind. Um, <laughs> I don't know. 
we'll see. Well, we'll see what happens for YouTube for T-Rex Arms for this year. Um, there might be some unique things. Can you dual wield and then do a double mag flip? Um, oh, that could. Yeah, I don't see why not. So, well, yeah, that'd be fun. Nope. Only if it has an extra mag release. Yeah, it'd have to have ambi. Yep. Or you just have to grow ridiculously long fingers on one hand. Or just fly over clone Lucas and he can do the reload for you. <laughs> there you go. Already I was a clone. That to come out. I don't know, man. If you fly that guy over, he might wear you as a suit, Lucas. I'm impressed by the dedication. <laughs> Of, I, I'm impressed, but impressed by the dedication of having a knockoff T-Rex arms hat made. Like that's, <laughs> dude, that's impressive. I, I kind of want to send him a real one. You should. You should. Stuff from us somehow. I don't know how. You don't send it up internationally, but probably through one of those export sites. But he probably ordered a hat as well. But his fake one's pretty cool. I think you should trade. I think you should send me the fake one, and I'll send yeah. him a real one. There you go. I think that would be cool. Yeah. But dude, he's I saw some knockoff patches that someone made of mine in some little shop in um like the Philippines and I wanted to get it from him just because it was funny. This this little all almost raining freedom patch. Stop clicking shit. <laughs> We're about to put it on a bar in the Glock, so it might get loud. Rob, Rob is multitasking. He's got to get his reps in while he's doing this, while he's editing. I'm sorry, I'm multi. I'm just trying to not do corporate stuff finally for the day. Hey, Robo. Yo. I have a question. Yes. Is that a real 320 you have? Yes, it is. In Canada? Yeah. Gasp. Um, how does that work? Uh, we'll elaborate on that one. How do you well, get this it? Is also, this is also a real BCM jack. So you said you will not elaborate, or you will? No, no. I, I was asking you to elaborate. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean by how do civilians own work? equipment in Canada? Um, so for for ARs and pistols, you just have to have a restricted license. Ah. Uh, and uh, then, so these weapons are actually, you know, quote unquote, work guns. I'm a uh, I'm an employee on on the books of a of the consulting company that uh, that sponsors me. Oh, cool! And uh, so I'm under their BFL license, which is essentially equivalent to your guys' FFL licenses, right? So uh, these ones are on loan to me. I'm, I'm waiting for my own SIG appliances to show up. So I've got a work P3 320, and then the Jack is on loan to me until an MCX shows up mid February. Uh, which MCX did you get? Five five six or three hundred? Uh, it's going to be the 5.56, I believe, but don't quote me. We're sort of still waiting to find out what SIG wants to give me on that. Oh, what's the barrel length? Uh, that, again, I don't know. So here's here's the interesting thing for you guys. I mean, as Americans, barrel length matters. Mm-hmm. For us, yeah. it doesn't because a restricted gun is a restricted gun. I still prefer what we have over what you have. Oh, dude, wait. Yeah, because you guys can go outside and shoot and do fun things with them. <laughs> you know, as long as you either have a tax stamp or the gun is long enough, you know? Yeah. So for us, there's just no SBR laws, essentially, what it comes down to. Right. 
or oh, you can have an arm can't, like, brace. Go out to, like some farmer's field and do cool ass shit with it, you know? Did you know Lucas flies to work every day, Robo? I didn't what? know this, what? but he does. It's an F-16. <laughs> Not a little bird anymore, just an F-16. <laughs> so it's an F-16 now? Man, that's, yeah. that's, that's some heavy work work vehicle use right there. I have a flying car. I, my, my it only cost me $6,000 to drive down the road. <laughs> <laughs> totally worth it. My neighbors totally hate me. Totally worth it. Fuel. All right. Oh, fun fact for you guys listening. So RMRs have this traditional problem of flickering, and it's the uh, battery compartment. It's the battery not making contact with the the internals of the RMR and the mill job being poor, bad, or the RMR having loose tolerances. Well, there is a company called – I just found out about it in called Battle Works. Battle – spelled like battle – and it works spelled Whiskey Echo Romeo X-Ray. It is an anti-flicker ceiling plate that has a little bump where the battery goes that keeps the battery touching the internals of the RMR. And that is the coolest thing I think I've seen so far this year, easily. If it's that simple of a fix, why isn't Trigicon taking care of it? Because Trigicon is Trigicon. <laughs> <laughs> The goddamn military contracts. Yeah, so, yeah, super fa- – because Trigicon's been telling people, put a little piece of tinfoil, like, under there to push it up into the RMR right. or whatever. thing is genius, and uh, it's out of stock already, but it's only been out. I think it's only been out, like, a month, but um, it's, it's cool. I'm going to get a bunch of them for all my guns because it solves the problem for sure. Now, where do you where do you find the the flickering happens the most, Luke? Is it uh, anywhere, or mostly when you're mounted to a to a sidearm? Um, anywhere. So my Scar 17 that has an RMR that flickered today. My RMR on my MCX on an ACOG that flickered a little bit. Yeah. R I have like four pistols with RMRs or three. I don't know. Um, half of them flicker a little bit, but not very much. Some flicker more than others. I've got one RMR on a pistol that I haven't set up really. And that doesn't even stay on. Like it, it's just, and that's on a, uh, RBU mount, a Duke defense mount. And that does not stay on at all. And, um, I got to pop that sucker out and put one of these things in, but it just depends. It depends on the RMR because of the tolerances of the housing and the internals. I think that's what it matters really about. Um, not all RMRs are the same. Like you'll have an RMR cut that, supposedly fits all RMRs, but some of them are too tight. And uh, all the housings are different. And I actually know uh, one of the guys who worked on the RMR a long time ago, and he was telling me about that, how the housings can all be different just due to machining, because that's just you know, how it works, nature of the beast. And um, so some of them flicker more than others. My first RMR did not flicker at all, and it does not flicker to this day, um, no matter what gun it goes on. Um, but my newer ones seem to flicker more than that one so not sure what's up but this new little plate by battleworks should fix that i think for like a you know five to seven hundred dollar optic that it just kind of wouldn't do that you know but yeah I, I know. <laughs> so kind of sucks the uh, delta point pro fixed that pro, uh fix that issue because the battery goes inside the optic downside to that is the optic is taller and bigger and um 
he has other issues. But yeah, nobody has made the perfect optic yet. We talked about this earlier, and yeah. uh, uh, it's just how it is right now. Uh, I'd like to see that change in the next five years. You think it would take that long? At the rate some companies are going, yeah. Unless yeah. yeah. But who knows? It's amazing how government contracts decentivizes companies. <clears throat> yep. Well, I mean, no, 100%. I mean, I can totally believe that. I mean, once you've got a cushy, like, you know, a three-year contract worth, worth millions and millions or billions of dollars, then, like, why innovate? Yep. Um, the contracts are a certain item. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. That's why you've got to have little companies spring up being more innovative because they don't have contracts. And usually a government contract kills a company. We saw that happen to a particular holster company who accepted a large military contract. And uh, they lost most of their civilian um, uh, user base. And they haven't made any like amazingly new product because they're so busy with the DOD order. Um, and you've got companies like Surefire and other companies that get pushy on, on contracts. And then when they lose the contract, they have to fire people and downsize and then figure things out and hire new managers and new uh, uh, directors of different divisions. And the whole company changes. Mm-hmm. Um Relying on it's an interesting cycle. Yeah, relying on one contract will kill a company. Um, and uh, I never want my company or any of my companies ever to rely on that. Uh, that's that's kind of something I've learned watching other companies. That that's something you have to be super careful of if you get large contracts like that. So that's for sure. Speaking of optics, Lucas, have you ever tried that crazy? Um, uh, what was it? It wasn't Burris. It was that weird two-part like red dot and scope magnifier. Yeah, from oh, Leopold. Leopold. Yeah, it's gay. It, it looks weird. Okay, so here's the problem with it. Um, it it's super super finicky. Like your your eye has to be in the perfect. Yes. I noticed out just just trying it for 30 seconds at SHOT Show, I realized it has to be exactly right. Yeah, like you have to train. And the problem is, even if you train a lot and you get and you work around that, um, you have to be like, imagine being in a crouched position or being shooting under a barricade or maybe shooting under a car. Like maybe you're shooting a suspect 100 yards away under a car and you can't use a red dot because you haven't identified this threat. And you're like, all right, I want to use the magnification to, you know, identify who the bad guy is. Being under a car trying to use that, that's going to be really hard because your head has to be in the exact perfect spot. So well, Using weak side also looked really awkward. Yep. So unless you're left that dominant, then it would work fine, I think. <laughs> so yeah. um, it's just not, – I'm not a big fan, and it's crazy expensive. Like maybe if it was 500 bucks for the magnifier or 400 bucks for the magnifier and then the $1,200 for the LCO or whatever would – yeah, expensive. Um, I, I I don't feel like it solved the problem it was trying to, and it didn't solve it any better than just a T1 and an EOTech magnifier would. Yeah. So, but hey, it was original. It was unique. So kudos. it was original. That's true. Kudos. For I always have to give props for being original. Yeah, I mean, and that technology may improve. Um, that's something we may see change a lot, which would be cool. But the other problem was the field of view was like 20 degrees or something. I mean, it was tiny. It was a little thing. It wasn't even a full circle. It was like a uh, like two-thirds of a circle. Um, it, was, it was just a weird thing, but um, yeah. It's expensive, too. It's like two grand or 1,800 or something or yep. 2,400. So. Nah, just just get an L can. Uh, yeah, I think it's still like an A cog RMR combo more. 
even with the the now do you like your arm more like on top of the ACOG or canted? Okay, so on the rifle. This is the funny thing. Uh, the problem with having it on top. Um, I was noticing this with my MCX. I have less recoil management um, at work if I don't have my cheek. My face is like a whole extra surface area, um, which I know this is going to sound weird, but when I was watching videos of shooting my MCX with the ACOG RMR and bringing my head up to use the RMR, going up and down towards the rear of the gun, not the front, the rear, which does translate to the front, because I didn't have my head holding it down. Um, so I did some more tests, and basically what I decided to do for my SCAR-17, because it's a 308, is I want as much surface area on the gun as possible. I'm going to put the RMR at 45 or 33 so that my head is still on the gun. So I have more surface area on the gun. And I was shooting that today. Uh, not a big deal. Tomorrow I will shoot a 22422 with my SCAR. I'll shoot a 4222, uh, two, and then a maybe a 12345. And um, I, that should be pretty manageable. But I, I think I prefer an armor on the side as opposed to up top, just because of the, uh, the uh, recoil mitigation slash control that uh i get better with having my head on the gun which i don't know if that makes a lot of sense but actually uh that's that's something that kyle lamb actually talks about is that the problems that they had not problem but uh sure. when you when you could put rmrs on the top of uh on the top of acogs i mean you have to you have to lift your head up and that translates to recoil mitigation so it's not a problem in cqb but at longer distances guys were finding that uh they totally, they were totally losing some of their their follow up shot mitigation just because again that, what like half an inch moving your head up, but it translates into having less of a cheek weld, right? So, where did he talk? About, I actually never, I've never heard anyone talk about this. It's just yeah. So he actually he actually wrote about it in his book called Green Eyes Black Rifles. Oh, do you know how to read? Yeah, dude, uh, I read a lot. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Cool. Well, that means I'm not a loony. No, dude, no, that, that falls right in line with what Kyle Lamb thinks. Well, good, because I learned that on my own as a civilian. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's one of those things, dude, like, you know, you're absolutely correct in, in the sense that, you know, cheek weld, you know, most guys just think, oh, it's, you know, I put, I put my face on my stock. Well, no, that's a, that's another point of contact with the, with the weapon. Yeah. Right, and any points of contact, I mean, it's the same principles as, like, Okay, if you're shooting from a crouch, you put your hands on, you put your elbows on your knees. Sure, dude, it's extra points of contact for stability, right? Like, it's 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 it all matters somewhere, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess it depends on who you're talking to. Because some guys, you know, they have their own beliefs and whatnot. But I think you're right on that one, dude. And some guys weigh 300 pounds when they shoot, nothing happens because they're a tank. Because they, they've got like so much mass, like over top of their gun, it doesn't matter. Anything. <laughs> Those yeah. are the guys that are like, why do you need muzzle brakes? There's no recoil. Yeah. Hey, I'm skinny, and I don't think you need muzzle brakes. So there. <laughs> I, I prefer muzzle brakes on my 1022R, or else my shoulder gets sore. Uh, or you get, <laughs> get PTSD. I get PTSD. So loud and violent. I have to go, like, just relax at Chuck E. Cheese for, like, eight hours afterwards. I thought they had animatronics there, like... Five Nights at Freddy's. I thought I got scary at Chuck E. Cheese's. <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about. It's okay. Oh no, I, I know, I know the game. <laughs> um, I I have interneted. You 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 have internet. You know. 
Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I, I prefer an armor on the side. Now, here's the only downside to an armor on the side. If you switch to support side and you want to use the optic, you've got to cant the gun away from the body. And that's a little funky as opposed yeah, to... it's just real awkward. So there's pros and cons to both. I don't. I think on the side is more effective for recoil management. But if you're someone who does support side like 50% of the time, then having it on top probably makes more sense. Um, so pros and cons to both. I'll do a video talking about it at some point and talk about my thesis. And uh, and then people will comment and be like, well, what about this? What about this? this well, on this one video, I saw this other instructor. He said this. Yeah. So... Yeah, we'll see. I haven't done, said anything real controversial yet on YouTube, but <laughs> that'll change. It will happen soon. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like a rule of YouTube, but once you're on long enough, you just got to start like saying some controversial shit. The no. first thing, yeah. no, no, you don't know how this works. The first things you need to do is to start trashing other instructors, all of them. You have to say <laughs> they're garbage and they don't know what they're talking about. And then you got to enlist Derek to help you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I see that all the time and it bugs me. Like when, when I'm talking to other instructors and like the first thing they talk about is how stupid this other instructor is. Basically, as soon as you find an instructor who says that, when I find an instructor who does that, I'm like, all right, uh, I probably won't take a class from you because yep. uh, this is the kind of person you are. Uh, yeah. But if it's, if, it's, if it's a reasonable comment, like, well, this instructor said this, so the problem with that is this, and this, and this. Then I'm like, all right, well, that makes sense. You're explaining, you know, why you disagree with him. But somebody just says, well, I don't like Funk though because, yeah, you know, he's got a beard. If, if it's but, a reasonable reason. Yeah, I really love watching uh, Russian tactical like instruction videos when they're like shooting each other in the chest with body armor, or punching each other in the face and then going and shooting. That's really fun. That's real training. What Americans do, is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> why they do it just to get back at us if no one's ever died in your class you're not training properly mm, that's right I should start commenting that on YouTube to all these <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a video I saw today that I'll be post later because it's so funny it's like some kind of celebration in some oh, not wedding? not good place in the world it might have been a wedding but it's like 50 guys in this crowd with this circle this area in the middle of the crowd where they're just dancing around shooting guns at the ground oh god i saw that best <laughs> wedding ever well, at, the ground? Wedding ever. at the ground in front of her they're like tumbling and swinging these shotguns around and then blasting wow. the ground right in front of them dude didn't some guy come out with like a pkm and just rip <laughs> off an entire and everyone's just dancing around in front of everybody and, and all the like some of the women are just like, yeah, yeah, this isn't the wedding I signed up for. I'm going to bounce. And they just started yeah. – just like, hey, man, it's all cool. It's all cool. Let me just – Everyone's chill. Everybody's like, no. But it wasn't It wasn't until the PKM came out that the women like, – Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. Everything's the line they got across. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like, firearms. It was a particular one. It's like, whoa, 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 buddy. That's a high-capacity mag. Oh, shit. And yeah, just everybody. But it's, it, it's a beautiful combination of drunkenness, dance, uh, third-world country, and firearms. It's amazing. Yeah, and wedding. And wedding. wedding. Only at weddings, apparently. Some cultures, you know, stomp on some glass after they get married. Others cool. just start blasting the ground with the shotguns. Go yeah, That's go, go shoot. 10,000 rounds of ammo. 
I can't wait for Lucas's wedding. That's going to be awesome when he <laughs> oh when he comes in on a helicopter. Oh yeah, uh, F sixteen uh, flies over. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they got upgraded to F sixteen Falcon. Could, so yeah, on, or maybe it's just at night, and in order to come, you have to be wearing nods. Night vision wedding. A night vision it's wedding. Yeah, yeah, no monos. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. <laughs> yeah, none of these monos. <laughs> We don't want any of you plebs in here. <laughs> and TNBC will have a booth there. And they will <laughs> yes. It's like beside like the shrimp rings. It's like TNBC and the shrimp rings. <laughs> I can't Class, he's just handing out sentinels to everybody. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> oh, I wonder what I got in my party bag. Oh, it's a Peck 15. I'll be throwing tubes instead of rice. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, it'll be glorious. Um, have you guys heard about these uh, the Photonis intense tubes? It sounds like something oh, out what? of Flash Gordon. Yeah, what? <laughs> so, uh, so they're they're going to be at Shot Show now. Um, definitely, I would I would recommend checking them out, talking to some of the vendors. Uh, probably, you know, I'd go talk to TNBC because I think you'll get it straight from those guys. But uh, Photonis is a European night vision manufacturer uh, that supplies pretty much everybody that the U.S. doesn't. Uh, but the U.S. is now acquiring some of these. Uh, they're not called fourth generation tubes. It's just called 4G, uh, the intense tube. And uh, there's some... There's some benefits to it, apparently. Uh, it can see out-of-band lasers. Um, you know, s- something about the low-light resolution is uh, is pretty high. It doesn't drop below, like, 57-line pair or something like that. Uh, I just noticed I'm, I'm very curious about it. I'm going to – I'm keeping my eye on it right now because it's a, you know, a foreign technology that uh, looks like some of the guys that are pushing it are the most are – uh, direct competition for TNBC and L3 and and Harris. Uh, so who knows? Who knows where it come from? It, but they're saying they're saying uh, the rumor is is that it's it's better than what you would find in the uh, in some of the best goggles from from L3 available today. Which I don't know. I are there in the US yet? Yeah, there's there's ton- they just started coming into the US now. Like they're rolling. They're rolling in, and uh, guys are posting photos from them. And I, I looked at it, and it, it just looks like, uh, you know, your your standard uh, white phosphor, you know, L three filmless tube. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. It's hard to tell from, you know, you have an Instagram photo, iPhone photo, whatever, uh, getting behind it or seeing the specs, seeing the actual specs laid out. You know, this tube versus this tube. Here's the raw the raw data numbers. That has yet to be produced. Uh, nobody is. I don't know if they're under an embargo. Like, don't post the specs for the tubes yet. Um, but I'm keeping an eye on it. It's, it showed up on AR15. They made a new thread uh, for it like a couple days ago. So something to check out for sure. Um, Interesting. Do you know what the price point is? Uh, more expensive. Three <laughs> Chrome. That, that's that's all it with always with night vision. Ooh, this new toy's coming out. Cool. How much does it cost? More than the other stuff. Yeah, and the, I mean the selling pitch was kind of like it's more expensive, but it's better, so it's worth it. But we're not going to tell you the. Exact you just, you just summed up most of Shot Show. Yeah. <laughs> you should buy this. It's better. 
You know what I want to get? I want to get a Bayy Myers mouth. That's what I want. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you you and everybody, Lucas. <laughs> well, <laughs> if I was good friends with them, I would try to get one, but <laughs> I don't know uh, anybody. <laughs> apparently, uh, they're saying uh, TNVC kind of broke the bad news, and they said there's going to be no Class 1 civilian version of the mall available until 2018-plus from BE Myers. They said yep. it's it's so low on their radar uh, because of obviously all the mill contracts and they're new. That makes me sad. One. Uh, they're new to the civilian market, so I think TNBC. I hope TNBC or somebody else is helping them through that, like guide setting them up. Uh, because hey, just wait until a hot one pops up on eBay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, <laughs> pick that up. You know, you get the door kick with it. It'll be it'll be worth it though, because you'll have a mall for like a week. <laughs> a week, as long as you get them IG picks, man, so, it's all worth it. Hey, should I, um, who who uh, knocks on the doors and says you're not supposed to have that? Who does that? The uh, FDA. Depends. Yeah. Well, it depends on what unit. Um, if it's if it was stolen property, then it depends on what unit is tasked. Who, who it was stolen from? Yeah. So if it's stolen from the Air Force, then the Air Force has their own special investigations unit, which would do that knocking. If it's uh, Army, then it's NCIS. Uh, right. I think Navy is this, or is also NCIS. I don't I don't even know. There's so many acronyms or branches that handle that now. Uh, main yeah. one though, Department of Homeland Security. They you know, they're all kind of under that. And uh, if you're not, uh, if you're not, like, if they don't have uh, anybody in that area, then it's local PD that that does the knock. And either way, somebody from a, fe a federal agency is coming to visit. What happens if you don't have it? What if you say you, you, uh, you don't have it anymore? Uh, then that would be a very, very uh, tall tale to to sell i mean you would have to there'd probably be some circumstances behind that i mean you know i i had a good conversation with uh with a fed guy at one shot show and he he said you know they can't track all of them down there's so much of this stuff on ebay right now that and and other forms that by the time they get to it, uh, following up on a lead, I mean, it's been, it's been years, you know, uh, they, you know, they caught that guy or whatever they're looking to prosecute and they, they have to, they have to, uh, go through all this paper trail to find out where everything went. And, you know, the, the people who bought it probably didn't know it was stolen. Right. Yeah. Um, how do, how do you know, especially when something is sold to civilian uh, as well, like there's no way to tell yeah, unless with no prior up, experience with it. Yeah. Unless you phone up the company and ask and have them run the serial number and go, "Hey, is this stolen?" Um, yeah, you know, and and I don't know anybody who really does that. I mean, I might know like one guy who actually goes, "Yeah, I check all of my stuff." Uh, unless unless you unless you bought something off of eBay and you and you ran into that experience and then you know better next time. But uh, no, they're they're usually they're they're very cooperative. Uh, and they understand from uh, your point of view. If if it's in your possession, uh, then you're losing it. Generally, they they take it into inventory because it is their property. So yeah, well, yeah. I don't have anything like that. I was just no, buy legit, buy legit. There's now, 
Um, so Ryan remember who was it? Because uh, quads are still on the restricted list. Um, I think it was some site had them for sale for like thirty five grand. And someone, uh, Amazon. Yeah, and someone told me, oh yeah, well those are going to be, you know, they're going to knock on your door and take them. And I'm like, well, who? Like, why is it not even on Amazon? You know, how did it even get there? So I just didn't. I just wasn't sure how all that worked. I haven't. I'm into night vision, but uh, I don't. I don't know everything about night vision. I still think it's magic. Yeah. Well, uh, like here's okay. So I mean, there's there's stuff that you know is is probably stolen, and then there's stuff that I mean is it could be, but you don't know. And uh, you know, even though. Even though GPNVGs and 31s uh, have been on a, a mill and LE only list for a while, that's a contract. Um, but yep. if if you were to if you were to own them, uh, there's no law against it as a U.S. citizen. If you if you happen to buy a pair, I mean, there's no there's nothing saying, hey, you can't own that, right? Uh, because you're not breaking any laws by owning it. Right. Um, unless, like, unless it was stolen, and you're you're aware that it's stolen, and you decide to buy stolen property, then you're committing a felony. But uh, yeah, for for uh, things like that, uh, I've seen some of those. Uh, one of my friends said that a lot of those listings, they actually found out that they were fake. They were hacked accounts, um, and they uh, they they will take a big item. Stop rattling with shit, Robo. <laughs> They'll take something that is like a big ticket item like that and they'll put it up on a hacked account because the funds will like clear immediately or something. And uh, and there's a lot of scams like that. Yeah. So makes sense. Yeah, I got, I I got scammed. We'll like of, a uh, I, want, I want to see a civilian version of it. Yeah. I got scammed out of an EOTech years ago when I was primarily an eBay page. Oh, Someone bought it with a stolen credit card, and I. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And eBay, eBay couldn't really help you. No, nah, I mean, not eBay couldn't help PayPal. me, and and the bank account help or the the bank that they used held me responsible for it. Yeah. So that was that was fun. Uh, it was after that, and I'm like, I think I'm done with eBay. I'm gonna start selling my own stuff. Yep. Yep. I know quite a few friends who have uh, had those past experiences. They, you know, I think everybody's had like at least one bad experience if you uh, if you've used eBay in the past for uh, you know any anything along those lines, uh, anything in those because they're they're seen as big ticket items to yep. you know. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, do you know what I saw there? Speaking of quad tubes, I thought it was funny. I just stumbled upon was it looked like it was one of those airsoft dummy GPMVG 18s. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, only the front two tubes had like uh, Butler Creek flip ups on them. And oh. it looked like they just took the shell of the, the dual tubes or the shell of the GPMVG and just like jerry rigged them over some existing like dual tubes that they had it the it looked real the two front lenses looked real but oh, they yeah. had front covers on them but not on the side it was um, it was weird was it like a tan and black housing picture like the uh, let me see if i can yeah. let me see if i can find it again it was a while ago i thought that was there's actually a guy in europe that builds his own gpnvg uh units and he builds them using 
uh, 14 glass optics and uh, uses like airsoft GPNVG shells as the body. And, Are you uh, Yeah, yeah. He, he's posted. <laughs> no, no, straight up. He machines the glass himself. Um, the prisms for the back that by merging two of the 14 eyepieces and uh, I've seen some of the photos and videos through them it's legit like <laughs> straight up he's uh, he's a pretty he's a pretty advanced engineer this guy knows his stuff and he, uh, wow. he basically built them yeah he's got he's got guys that, what does he sell them for uh, I think it was something like he's he's got guys that are asking him uh, it's like 30,000 euro for a set or something like that so pretty pretty crazy yeah he he's he showed a picture of what it what it takes to make one and he burned through uh 12 or 14 uh pvs 14 eyepieces (laughs) they're all all on the ground uh just taken apart and in his machine shop and he's and then just had to uh you know cnc a bunch of them which is crazy so I don't know. That's dedication, man. You must really want quad eyes to like go and build your own and sacrifice a bunch of night. That's that's dedication to the BB Wars. Yeah, yeah. I don't even the think that guy is, plays airsoft, dude. He's just a he's just a hobbyist. The problem is, by the time he's done, uh, you'll be able to buy quads, like for real. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, uh, who is who is working on one? Like, wasn't uh, wasn't Adams Industry or AB Night Vision saying that they were working on uh, uh, some sort of quad set, or at least they were working on like the Mod Three system to see if it could accept uh, accept like a quad tube edition? That'd be pretty badass, man. I would. I think that would be a, a wicked product if they were able to make that work. That would be awesome. Would you? Would you ditch your PVS thirty ones for them? No, no, I, I, gee, like after after uh, after talking to a bunch of guys about GPNVGs, like the the legit ones. Surprisingly, they prefer thirty ones for them, and yeah. I don't I don't really understand that because I've never uh, gotten to really spend time beto- uh, behind eighteens, so I wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know to, to contrast and compare, but they said they're really they're really heavy. Uh, the battery system for them is is uh, is kind of unorthodox uh, to run them, and uh, they really like the low stow uh, capability. Yeah, thirty ones. Yeah, that's the thing. When the thirty ones are up, they look huge on the helmet. Oh, you mean the eighteens? Like when you flip up? The yeah, 18s. that's what I meant. The eighteens. Yeah, it's like this big. Yeah. I think it's so robo. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say it's situational. I think like the use of one over the other. I think it's worth buying, uh, dropping fifty thousand just to find out. Do it and do it through Amazon, and then leave one of Amazon. Definitely, it better be Prime. I live in your own shipping address. (laughs) You're going to ask me something. Or, or uh, yes. What are you? Uh, we we talked about this earlier, back when you were like taking a nap or something. Um, what are you <laughs> looking for? What are you looking forward to most at Shot Show next week? I wasn't taking a nap, man. I was working. I was working like hard and stuff, like a, a good. Whatever. Day. You blacked out on maple syrup. I did. I did. I totally. <laughs> I'm addicted, man. I'm addicted. Uh, what am I looking forward to, Shot Show? Um, 
Oh, man. Tell you the truth, I, I always enjoy the people of SHOT Show. Uh, I mean, the problem with SHOT Show is that it, sure, like people are like, oh, it's cool. You get to go for a week to somewhere like Vegas. And it's like, it just seems like one big long day. Um, like schedule is always crazy. So like that part I kind of don't uh, look forward to. The fact that like <laughs> you just get back from, from SHOT Show and you're like a zombie. Yeah, back but, to real life. Yeah, and, yeah, back to real life. Uh, but to tell you the truth, I mean, it's, it's again, it's another one of those opportunities where I get to see people that I, because I live in Canada, I don't get to see all the time, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I do have a couple of meetings too that are that are kind of. Now, because you're going with uh, Red Wolf Airsoft, are you going to be helping set up a few days before? Yeah, yeah. So we got we got booths set up on Sunday and Monday. Now I can't make Monday because I got uh, I got arrangements or obligations at uh, range day. Um, so they're kind of on their own for Monday, uh, Sunday, I'm hoping to work most of the day, but at the same time, I've also got an opportunity to maybe go shooting out in the desert. <laughs> so I might go do that too, you know, cause guns, um, it's guns. No, no need to justify it. Yeah. Cause guns. Well, some of our, some of our like Canadian, uh, firearms dudes are, are going to be down there. And that's like the only day that I really have like any sort of schedule for, like or open time, unfortunately. Um, so I mean, you know, background with me and me and Shot Show because you know I, I work a corporate job and they don't necessarily fully understand that I go and I make small explosions in my hands sometimes or throw like plastic balls at people. With, with, right? Both of like, those things sound. Both of those things they don't understand either one of them, right? So like, you know, I try to I try to lessen the impact on my work. So I, I work, you know, partial like in the morning. And then I go to the shot show floor, right? So that immediately like, sort of cuts off like some of my shot show experience. Everybody's like, oh man, I'm going to see this booth, this booth, this booth. And I'm like, that must be nice. <laughs> you know, like if I could go back in time and get three more hours per day, I would do that, you know, like that sort of thing. But um, so yeah, Sunday might be the day for that. But I'll, at the same time, you know, I've got obligations to my sponsors, even though, you know, I don't work for those companies. I still, I still like to help out, right? So. And that includes things like administration, like administrational things, like setting up booths and turning down. Right? All that fun stuff. All that fun stuff. Not just the booth person. Not just it's the crazy the setup. The shot show's been posting pictures all week of the main floor setup. The main and, floor is always ridiculous. <laughs> and these companies that bring in small towns to set up as their booth. Mm. That's oh, dude. That's so like. That's so like those companies on the main floor, like. Check it out. Here's like an apartment building on the first floor is our optics. You know, (laughs) do you have any new products? No, but we added a third floor. Yeah, that's the drink floor where you can get bottled water. (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's one of those things where people outside the industry or any idea what SHOT Show is. Like I've got whole groups of friends who are like, what is SHOT Show? And then as soon as I say shooting, hunting, they're like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But when I tell them like, there are 12 miles of vendors. Yep. And they're just like, how does that even compete? But only about two miles of vendors worth looking at. Yeah, that's the other side. Yep. Like, it's more like one mile, but whatever. <laughs> TNVC and Cry Precision, that's it. I'm going home. You know, Smith & Wesson is good. Um, well, is good. Glock's good, but like, so soon. You know, like that's, 
You're so like professional. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. Like, go to Glock, and it's like, are we gonna? Are we? Have, we're having a board meeting. Are <laughs> You're opening up a briefcase. That that yeah. other the, the American AK place has half naked ladies. Glock, <laughs> figure it out, man. You can, you can, and like at the Glock booth, you can see the executives in their suits, like on the third floor, looking down at all the plebeians. Well, yeah. dude, I remember last year, like you know, and. Because we we're all the three of us at least. Lucas disappeared again. He's flying his jet somewhere. Um, because like we were all in some form or fashion like connected to airsoft, right? Like so, you know, I was I was in the Red Wolf booth, and you can literally see the Glock the, the Glock lawyers. Like I mean, they're the only dudes in the room wearing like black suits. Like literally, like mm-hmm. nobody else. Like everybody else wearing like five eleven. Like it's coming out of their backpacks and their ears out of their mouths and some of that. But, like these guys, you just kind of see them walking around, like walking from the other side of the room. You're like. Holy shit, the lawyers are coming. <laughs> With those stupid milk cartons they pull behind them. Oh, dude, it's, it's crazy. Like, you know, I, you know, like you said, like, there's a ton of stuff. Uh, while, I, while I will say that, you know, all of it's probably worthwhile to somebody, right? Um, it's not worthwhile to everybody. And yeah. you've got to really sort of understand what you want to see what you enjoy of the industry and make sure you focus on going to see those things or you will never find them. Exactly. Yeah. We, we talked about that earlier. You have to have a battle plan before going. Yeah. Sorry. I just you show up to browse. You're going to, you're going to get real lost. I was too okay, busy. man. Nap time is important, dude. Yeah. I was too busy putting hypodermic needles of, of, of <laughs> maple syrup in <laughs> <You're> Sticking <laughs> rubber tubes up your nose for the YouTubes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we just re-talk about all the things that I wasn't involved in because I want to feel special? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We we did mention uh, the hilarity of your comment section earlier. Yes. Dude, my comment section is awesome and terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Go system. (laughs) Like, my favorite ones, and, you know, because – and this is a perfect example because it is both awesome for conversation – and horrible for people following instructions. <laughs> and that is anything I do with my medical stuff, right? I get a lot of really awesome comments from real medical professionals who I get to learn from and we get to talk about stuff, et cetera, right? Yep. Okay, so that nice part that I just said, we finished with that. Let's go to the part that makes it fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and that is like, so like at the beginning of a lot of those medical videos, I literally, I'm like, okay, you know, especially the last ones with like copperhead stuff and like the AR and all that sort of stuff. I was like, I literally made a point in the intro of the video to be like, look, if you haven't been trained in any medical stuff or just first aid, shut your mouth. You want to just watch and listen and learn. Right? That's basically what I said. I mean, it's a nice way of me being like, you should just shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, don't even bother. <laughs> You're going to have a ton of real medical guys going, shut the fuck up if you do not follow these instructions. Yeah. And yet, what you get, and it starts the same way every single time. (laughs) Well, so I haven't been trained in anything medical, but, and I'm just like, what? What? I've never seen it done this way. Why is this comment, why does it exist? Why are you saying that? Why did you not just listen? Why did you, why did you not? My favorite is, is when you get to add context to the comment. So they're like, well, that's stupid. Like, okay, what's well, oh, that? Yeah, those are fun. Yeah. Oh, it's Minecraft videos. <laughs> oh, dude. oh, well, that's the other part of it. So most of those people <laughs> – see, the beauty of YouTube is is that 
if to comment, you basically have to have some form of YouTube or or obviously a G plus account. Right? Like, I mean, Google plus accounts at the minute. Yep. But most of these guys have Google, like YouTube accounts. And I know you've you've seen this, Derek. I mean, we followed we followed the rabbit trail sometimes, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it literally takes you to some dude Regret- who is like all he does is make Minecraft videos, or like he makes like troll speedsoft videos that don't even make any sense. Not anything. <laughs> and he's telling you how to apply your tourniquet, and you're like, really? You know, like, really? Stop talking to me right now. Like, I appreciate the comment. I appreciate the effort you put into making it so everybody knows you don't know what you're talking about, but as a friend, you stop. <laughs> I love the progression of your responses from the very first Oklahoma one when people are like, you're an idiot. You're like, yeah, I'm learning. And so to, to the latest one where people are like, you an idiot. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. Get out. Well, because well, here's the thing. I mean, and this is what I think, and this doesn't just apply to YouTube videos, but this is people in general, right? I mean, uh, yeah, well, this is the internet. Yeah, we're three smart guys. And like the human condition is a certain way. And that is having actual knowledge. I mean, again, caveat philosophy is incoming. Global philosophy is incoming. I mean, so caveat to this is I am, for anybody listening, I am still a medical new. I mean, just it is what it is. I am still learning. But within that, on that specific topic, I've actually learned some stuff now versus what it was at Broken Home or the Oklahoma, right? So there's some shit that I know now. Like I literally can confidently talk about it because I talk about it with the medical professionals who mentor me all the time. And because they verify that I'm not being stupid and I do know what I'm talking about, I'm pretty confident that if you try to challenge that, you know, before I'd be like, nah, yeah, you're right. You might be right. I can't really talk about that because I'm an idiot. I don't know anything yet. Now I'm just like, you're wrong. You should just shut up because you're actually proliferating like terrible. You're, you're bad and you should feel bad. Yeah. Shut up. You should feel bad. You should go flog yourself. <laughs> just like, it's just one of those things, man. Like, you aren't a subject matter expert. It's time to listen and learn rather than try to be an internet tough guy. Period. Right? Like, if you don't know. Excellent advice. Yeah. If you don't know how to shoot guns, stop telling people how to shoot guns. If you don't know medical. Don't talk about medical. If you don't know how to tie your shoes, don't yell at your kids for fucking up tying your shoes. Right? Like one of those sort of things. Such such simple advice that so many people miss. Oh, dude, isn't it? Well, on that, guys, I think we're going to wrap up this installment. I want to give one more shout out to our very first sponsor, Southpaw Tactical. Thank you, Southpaw. Thank you for sponsoring uh, his, his podcast. If you need accessories for your real pew pew or your fake pew pew, like grips, flashlights, all of the of all the above because that's what's cool at the gun shows. Uh, use the code M O E G U N S Mo Guns for ten percent off. All right, gentlemen, this has been a blast. We will see you again after Shot Show. Sorry for being late. This episode of Guns, Gear, and Beer is sponsored by SouthpawTactical.com. Use code MOGUNS for a discount and to support this podcast.